0: Welcome to a special bonus episode of Character Creation Spotlight, everyone. In this bonus segment, we'll be shining a light on some current or up-and-coming games to keep an eye out for i'm your host ryan and today my co-host amelia and i are welcoming back tracy barnett to talk about iron ada reforged a cyberpunk game where you are the cause of ragnarok
1: tracy welcome back to our character creation spotlight this time to talk about a game that i'm very excited about and i assume you're also excited about too
2: Yes, I'm extremely excited about it. I'm extremely happy to be here, and I can I can feel the warmth of the spotlight upon me. I'm ready to do this.
1: <laughs> we can all see you. It's shining.
2: I'm lo- I am luminous. <laughs>
1: <laughs> do you want to start off by telling us a little bit about yourself um, and other projects you have? Obviously, we're going to cover Ironetta Reforged, but anything else you want to tell people about?
2: Sure. Uh, So I am Tracy Barnett. I am a queer, non-binary game designer. I am coming up on my 10th year of professionally designing and publishing tabletop role-playing games, which is super, super cool. Uh, In addition to Ironhead Reforged, I have a Patreon where I release uh, small games as I make them. Uh, The entire model is pay what you can, so you literally get everything that I make and everything that I have ever made. It's all there in the posts. Uh, I work for the OneShot Podcast Network, where we are lovingly being hosted at this very moment. (laughs) Uh, I'm a project manager for them. I edit the one shot podcast and I am a relatively new parent as of three months ago. (laughs) So my partner is very kindly uh, watching the little one while I do my game stuff. <laughs>
1: I like that you include that under projects. Like I should also start. To, Ryan and I should well, like so, get on that. Like projects. I, I, I made a person.
2: <laughs> <laughs> we, I, I, I made and am caring for a human. Yeah.
1: I have kept one alive for over a decade at this point. And I'm going to say nice. that's longer than I've kept any plants alive. So I mean,
2: it,
0: that's, it's a very long campaign. Uh, <laughs> but we're, we're uh, you know, committed to
2: seeing it through.
1: So many highs yeah, and
0: lows, I, uh, though.
2: Like just like a real emotional. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I, yeah, and the the system behind it is just indecipherable. It's really
1: confusing, right? <laughs> Especially <really> like <laughs> your first time sitting down to play it. It's just,
2: I yeah. mean, it's really tough to. It, 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 it seems like the rules change every day. <laughs> so I think of it more of a series of one shots than right. the end of I the was, campaign. We though. can't agree <laughs> on just, what
1: edition we're playing. <laughs>
2: so nope, uh, not at all. <laughs> not at all. Uh, but I am lucky enough to be. Uh, full time in games now. So as of uh, like a month and change before she was born, I quit my day job and I primarily work for one shot, but I do my own stuff. So I'm home all day. So I'm the primary caregiver. Mm-hmm. So it really is. I mean, if you will, like an active project for me, because when I'm taking care of her, I'm taking care of her. And then when she has a nap, I'm working on whatever else I need to be working on. And that's that's what my days mm-hmm. you know, are like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So,
1: it's definitely a thing that you have to factor in, you know, the time for along with mm-hmm. every other project that you have going and, you know, yep. um, definitely yeah, I don't have her on my to-do list. Your yet, creative but, energy know. too, the same way other things do. So yes, mm-hmm.
0: absolutely. Absolutely. Well, thanks so much for being here, Tracy. Um, Now, since this is an abridged format uh, of our normal format, uh, we'll be just sticking to the highlights of the system with a special focus on character creation. Uh, So without further ado, how about we find out what this game is all about?
2: What's in a game?
1: Can you start off by telling us um, what is the core concept for Ironetta Reforged?
2: Yeah, so Ironetta Reforged is a cyberpunk take on the tropes of Ironetta. Um, I was on here before with Ironetta Accelerated, which was the the sort of high fantasy epic fighting a dwarven mech Ragnarok uh, sort of thing. This is a bit different. So... In this, the gods have taken the Nine Realms, and it's one now massive city that they rule over in a big Blade Runner-esque cyberpunk dystopia. Mm. The thing about Norse myth, though, is that Ragnarok is inevitable, and Ragnarok means the fall of the gods. So in this game, Ragnarok is coming, but it's you. You and the community that you are a part of are going to rise up, and you're going to take down the gods. And it all starts in Jotunheim. Oh, that's amazing. Yes. Yeah.
1: I'm ready to, like, dethrone God. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh.
2: Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty good.
0: That's amazing. So that effectively answers uh, the sort of setting that we play in and what characters do in this game. Uh, Is there any more refined uh, details you can throw into there?
2: Um, Sure. So this, this project that we're looking at right now and the one that's coming to Kickstarter soon is season one of the game. So it features a particular set of gods, and it is set, as I mentioned, in the realm of Jotunheim. Uh, In this setting, the giants, um, you know, there need to be bone-bonded for it to be an Ironetta game. That's one Mm -hmm. of the three core conceits. But in this game, the giants, when they're done forging the gods' creations in the realms of fire and ice, their bodies, their bones, their brains, their sinews and synapses are taken and turned into the computer network that the gods use. Oh, wow. So... Jotunheim is literally the heart of the core network. So you have a half alive, half dead, semi sentient, co linked network of giants that is feeding you ads when you pull up your smartphone. Wow! Right? What? And the and the bone bonded when they summon the bones, they're literally pulling the computer stuff out of like the walls and making the big thing that they.
0: Oh that's amazing beat down with.
2: Yeah. So season 1 starts in Jotunheim. It features three of the gods, so it's uh, Tyr, Mimir and Thor. And then the plan is for there to be six other seasons that each focus on a different one of the realms. Uh the final uh being uh Asgard, right where mm-hmm. you will take down uh, cuz Odin is obviously the last that you get to mm-hmm. uh to sort out as it were.
0: Mm-hmm. That's amazing. Wow.
2: What, where did this
1: come from?
0: <laughs> I know this is
1: not a question that's up, but like, I'm just, you know, because like, obviously you've been working on Iron Etta for a long time. Mm-hmm. um, And then like, where did this sort of like cyberpunk twist on it come from?
2: So in the original Iron Etta Kickstarter, War of Metal and Bone, way back in 2013, I think, mm-hmm. um, or 2014, I had a bunch of stretch goals where people were going to take the three core. I mentioned the three core conceits. Mm-hmm. The three core conceits is that Ragnarok is happening. Uh, humanity is bonding themselves to the bones of dead giants to fight it. And everyone belongs to a warrior clan. Mm-hmm. Those are the three things that make Iron Edda Iron Edda, Right. And there were stretch goals up to $100,000 because my eyes are far bigger than my stomach. And I had a bunch of of guest authors who are going to come in and reframe Ironetta however they felt like mm-hmm. it. So we had sci-fi takes, we had other fantasy takes, we had superhero takes. And it's an idea that I still believe in because it's like the principle of you ask two artists to paint a tree, mm-hmm. even if they're looking at the same tree, it's going to be different because they're bringing their own stuff right. to the effort. And I I've been thinking about, I don't know, the world at large and um, how you could have some catharsis against the uh, brutal hand of capitalism that overlays all of us. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And I wanted to make more Ironetta stuff, so it all just sort of came together because the twist on it being Ragnarok being you is super compelling, mm-hmm. right? And I'm playtesting this with uh, B-Zelda and Alex Flanagan and Jeff Stormer. God. And <laughs>
1: right. Just, right.
2: just like, just yeah. posts, just, you know, just, like not to <laughs> just, name drop or anything just you know just just some friends you know yeah. um, close personal friends <laughs> yeah but we were doing the project and part of my business model that i am doing now as a full-time creator is i want to do a zine-based kickstarter roughly once every four months mm-hmm. or every three months or so like once a quarter i'm doing a zine because that gives a nice pop of income because i can make those at a profit mm-hmm. And I had a sequel to You Are the Dungeon that I was working on and I wasn't feeling it like it wasn't the juice wasn't coming. And so I floated the idea past them of what if we just took Jotunheim? What if we just did the realm we're doing as season one and then the others followed? And they were like, yeah, that seems doable. And so that's what we're doing. Uh, So the podcast of us doing the playtesting is coming out on September 28th when the Kickstarter launches, also hosted on the One Shot Network, Podcast Network. And when the campaign funds, I'm going to be producing an actual play podcast uh, or an actual play video series with B Zelda and uh, DJ, also Big Bees on Twitter, and uh, Danny, Brutal Dan, on Twitter. And we're going to have a six-episode uh, series that One Shot is hosting as well. Cool. So we're doing uh, the Kickstarter is a zine and a podcast and a video actual play series.
1: Very cool. That's so cool. I think yeah. I think the idea of like being the one that brings about Ragnarok is like a very timely. Um, you know, I, I think a lot of us have probably been very. Feeling the cyberpunk feels <laughs> the last like a year mm-hmm. or two of just like, um, yeah. you know, c- the, the corporate world just kind of taking over. And
2: mm-hmm.
0: um, so, sorry, world, like, your dystopia sorry, showing, yeah.
1: Uh, look, Ryan and I complain about capitalism plenty on this show, so I think that like, like your
0: past four mm, villains,
1: I, I think it has. It's like, what is our <laughs> villain? Mm, capitalism, um, so I think like we've obviously been feeling that, and the idea of like. Being able to like do something about that um, mm-hmm. is—I I really wanted to play a good cyberpunk game lately because it's—it's very cathartic to be able to like actually do something about that instead of mm-hmm. like the sort of like helplessness and flailing that I feel in my real life right now. Um, yeah. So I think that that's this is very timely too.
2: <laughs> mm-hmm. Wonderful.
1: What kind of materials do we need to play this game? I know that Ironetta was a fate accelerated game mm-hmm. is this still in that same system are we
2: doing something different um it is something different it has its roots in other systems like mm-hmm. there are things about it that are reminiscent of fate um but really you just need d6s mm. because the the big sh- the, the, the big sort of cyberpunk game in the in the industry is Shadowrun, mm-hmm. right? That's the one a lot of people have heard of, and so I riffed on that. Uh, the dice mechanic is very much Shadowrun, right? You have a pool of dice, there's a set difficulty target number, and you're looking for fives and sixes as successes. Okay, um, but there's a lot of other stuff that it has going on that we will we'll get into because even though this is just an abridged version, the simple is the the system is really compact. Okay, so we'll literally hear about all of it without much of an issue so
1: we don't have to learn Shadowrun run to play this game no that's what i'm hearing no, all. And that's, i just want to like put that out there for yeah. everyone you don't have to learn shadow run you can just uh-huh. play this game
2: because <laughs> i don't want to learn Shadowrun. like i no love i love the neo scum podcast i don't I love think anybody that ever I love played shadow
1: i don't want to learn it <laughs>
2: no. i just want i just want someone to tell me uh what what a statin ability I need to put together, mm-hmm. and then I can roll my D6s, and then you can figure out the math. Right? Yep. Like, uh, you tell me how many. Forklift.
1: <laughs> I'll throw yep. them on the table, and then we'll go. Yep. Yes. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, roll around in my bathtub full of dice. And- yep.
0: <laughs> pull the uh, pull the lever of the 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 d six dice drop from the ceiling. Oh, yes. It
1: needs to be like yeah, like like was it like a dirty dancing? Like just like yeah. pull the thing and then mm-hmm. like have the dice come raining down.
2: Oh, that's flash dance. The flash dance. Oh. That's what it is. Yeah, dirty dirty dancing is you you would lift somebody up and their head would be like hitting a piñata full of dice. Oh,
1: see that would be perfect too.
2: You, you could have the time
0: of your dice. I'm thinking of the slime from You Can't Do That on Television. Uh, oh, yeah, that's good, yeah. too. Uh, only, only D6s.
1: What I'm uh, hearing is, is we need a tank and a lever, and you pull it, and D6s come out.
2: Yep. This I'm, Where's the Kickstarter? <laughs> I don't that's know, I Tracy. Know.
1: You're the expert here. <laughs> <laughs> you tell me where the Kickstarter is. Uh,
2: <sighs> you're right. You're right. I'll cop to that. When you're right, right. <laughs>
0: Okay, uh, so what sort of characters then can people make in this game?
2: Whatever you want, literally. So the only thing that is true about all the characters is that every character belongs to one of the nine, ten warrior clans.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, they are uh, all listed out. They're the same warrior clans in the previous Ironetta games. So they are uh, bear, bone-bonded being the tenth, not really a clan in a traditional sense, but it's still there. Uh, dragon, hammer, horse, Ox, Raven, Snake, Wolf, and Sparrow. So the cool thing about characters in this game is that they are super, super duper easy to make, and there's a really good reason for that. When you start off, you'll do neighborhood questions the way that we're going to do here in a little bit, and you'll make your characters, but say you meet someone new, like uh, the neighborhood matriarch or the person who owns the club that you all go to, right? Right. Whenever you meet a new character, and I'm not even saying NPC on purpose, when you meet a new character, the group stops real quick and makes that character with every player contributing one of the three details that a mm-hmm. character needs. The reason you do it that way is because when we watch stories on television or in a movie, we rarely, if ever, just see the story from one character's perspective, right? Mm-hmm. There's a, a, another scene where you can have dramatic irony. Well, oh, well, this character knows is doing this thing, but the other character doesn't know about it, right? Right. In Ironetta Reforged, your group can switch characters as often as you want to. Oh, very cool. So if you make someone and you're like, yo, this person is really, really cool. I want to see what their life is like amidst all of this and how they're contributing to the revolution. Cool. You switch to that character. If they're already made, someone takes them over. You make a few more people around them for a scene. You define the end goal of that scene. So everyone has a framework to role play off of, and then you make the new characters, you choose who you're playing and you do a scene. And then suddenly you've got another group of characters and you can have like Charlie day esque pointing back at the conspiracy <laughs> map. Like you can have a, a web of people that you've all made and you can tell this story from whatever perspectives are most effective for you. Wow. Very it's cool. Yeah. Really, really cool. Very cool. Oh my gosh.
1: That sounds like our yeah. kind of game, Ryan.
2: Seriously. Think of, it,
1: think of how many characters you can make.
2: There's so mm-hmm. many. well it's funny because as we're playtesting this game the the three folks that i'm doing this with a few times they said well this is the kind of thing that i would want to see in this game but you know it's your game this is just playtest feedback and i said i asked you all to do this together for a reason i wanted you three because we can make a game that we all like because there are players who play like us Mm -hmm. right there are people who want to do this kind of experience so that's what we're doing we're making a game that we want to see and there are other people who will be able to benefit from that. Mm -hmm.
1: Right. Yeah. I mean, certainly I think everybody should make the game that they want to play, but Mm -hmm. you know, there are plenty of people, Tracy, that aren't going to play the same way you are, you know? And so Mm -hmm. if you make a game only based on what Tracy wants, like it's, it's a limited scope. Not that you don't have great taste, but Mm
2: -hmm. thank Thank you. I appreciate that. (laughs) This is, this is the, the first game in a while i mean the small games that i've made their systems are all over the place but this is the first game big like kickstarted published thing since one shot back in 2012 no mm-hmm. yeah 2012 that is my own system top to bottom mm-hmm. nice. so that feels pretty cool too yeah that is pretty cool yeah oh my goodness
1: so this is the fun part can you walk us through the process of character creation Let's
0: make some people.
2: I can. We will start, as with every Iron Eta game, at least the ones that I write, with making a neighborhood first. Because you have to know the context for the characters before you can make the characters. Mm -hmm. So, uh, I gave you all a link to the document. Uh, We're on page 8. There's only one neighborhood and its attendant questions uh, written right now. And that neighborhood is the same one featured in the podcast uh, that's coming to one shot uh, shortly, and that is the neighborhood of Puppet Strings. Hey. There was an uprising long ago. No one remembers who started it. It was put down by the gods and their RPB forces quickly and with prejudice. Those who survived fled to the area that became known as Puppet Strings, a massive collection of ligaments and tendons, all linked cargo transportation systems throughout Jotunheim. The area was thought to be uninhabitable, but one of the survivors noted a pattern to the movements and began to build. Now Puppet Strings is a relatively safe portion of Midgard for those who wish the gods ill. Buildings and platforms move and shift seemingly at random. Any outsiders to the neighborhood risk the loss of life and limb trying to navigate through the razor-sharp warren of platforms and cables. Those born here, or those who have taken the time to learn, navigate the deadly maze with ease. Oh, that's so wild.
1: Oh, yeah. I'm excited for this. Gosh.
2: All right.
0: so. Like, every single every single thing you tell us about this game makes me want it more. This,
2: I'm doing my job <laughs> right.
1: I think that's the whole point, Ryan.
2: I know. So, who would like to answer the first question? Um, I would love to. Why not? Fantastic. Roll me a D6 for a top level category. Ooh, dice.
1: Oh no, floor dice. It's a three.
2: It's a three. So, uh, your category is here and now. So, this question has to deal with the present. Uh go ahead and roll again. One. One. A note shows up at your home with information on it. What does the first part of the note say? What do you need to decrypt the second part?
1: Oh, why did I agree to go first? Um
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> I think it says something about um like an upcoming change in the pattern of all of these like platforms and things um like sort of a warning that things are going to shift
2: Um, all right and i'm noting all this stuff down on the play space that we have i'm currently on slide number three okay Um,
1: and then what do you need to decrypt the second part um i think need the help of someone who is like familiar with kind of like how they're programmed now I mean, I know that it's you know like flesh programs, but um, someone who's kind of familiar with like how how it's determined now um, to kind of help me make sense of like the sort of instructions or whatever that's in the second part. Nice.
2: Uh, um, so, someone who's familiar with the new algorithm, mm-hmm. then, which mm-hmm. like think about how when Twitter changes the algorithm, what do we do? Right. We have to figure it out. Mm-hmm. Right. Cool. Uh, then, uh, as usual, you need to. Go to slide number two, and you need to draw something on the map that represents the answer to your questions while Ryan rolls a d6 and gets their question.
0: I rolled a one.
2: A one. This is ties to the past. Roll again. Two. Two. Your question is, a vagrant stumbled into incisors claiming to know you. What two things did they tell you, and which one was a lie? Cool. So Incisors is a club. Uh, it's established in the canon, you know, a few pages up. Um, if you saw the art drop that I did, that's the big uh, building with the skull front. Mm. Uh, it is a club run by one of the only living giants outside of either Muspelheim or uh, Niflheim. Nice. Yeah. So, okay. What two things did they tell you and which one was a lie?
0: Oh, boy. One of the things I was thinking of... Um, Because it it feels to me like this is a safe haven because, um, it's, it's not exactly within the direct view of the gods. Mm -hmm. Um, so I'm going to say one of the things uh, that we're told is that, um, the gods are close to finding this uh, safe haven. Uh, the other thing, um, let's see, i going to say that, um, I don't know why I'm, I'm choosing like really big things here.
2: Because you're playing a game where you're going to be instigating Ragnarok.
0: I mean, that's fair. Okay. Um, that there's uh, there's a uh, thing in the works to um, nullify the effects of the bone bonded.
2: Cool. Which one's a lie?
0: Oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna leave it up to fate. Let me see. Alright. One through three is number one. Uh, four through six is number two uh it's number two is the lie
2: okay um the lie is about which i think is perfect story-wise right that seems like the exact kind of thing that like a state-run news agency would would put out there Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that's fantastic i i love it cool uh go ahead and uh, draw something on the map to represent your answer to that question, and I will go ahead and roll questions for myself. So we got a six, which is Mists of the Future. And the question is number two. Word is, an RPB, which is Realm's Police Bureau, an RPB raid is coming in three days. What do you need to help hide before then, and why will that be so difficult? Um, so... I think that to to hide from the raid. um, Oh, I think that um, we're sheltering a group of new bone bonded and their presence is going to need to be hidden. And the reason that's going to be so difficult is because. The giants that they're bonded to, they've recently been part of like other programs and subroutines and algorithms that the gods have been mandating. So now they've got freedom in the network for the first time in who knows how long. Mm -hmm. So their giants are like kids on the last day of school. Oh, yeah. And the bell and the bells just rung. Mm -hmm. So uh, the giants are freshly... Released and running amok. Awesome. Uh, so on my little space here, I'm just going to this is an eyeball, Ryan.
0: Yeah, because the guys are out there they're watching. They're watching.
2: I Somebody's see you. Watching. <laughs> and we're gonna put that over there, and we're gonna change that color to yellow. So that's that's like a. A computer system with, like, a lightning bolt running down into it because everything is just going on the fritz. Overpowered. All over the place. Exactly. So, uh, that is the framework within which our characters exist. So, we now move to slide four. And this is all you need to make a character in this game. Uh, Every character has... A name, their warrior clan. There are three details. Details are like aspects in fate, right? They're short, descriptive, true phrases. Every detail is linked to a number. That number is the number of dice that you roll when you are in a risky situation or you want or the uncertainty would be beneficial to the story, right? Mm -hmm. Any other time you either succeed at the action outright just because it makes narrative sense for you to do so. Uh, or when you are in a risky situation and you want another control point back, which is what you use to uh, highlight a detail and reroll your dice, you can choose to fail an action on purpose, mm-hmm. and that gets you a control point. It's it's the opposite of like a GM compel, right? Because I don't that the the mechanics of that are a little sticky for me mm-hmm. when playing Fate. It's not my favorite part of the system, mm-hmm. and so I just got rid of it and made player driven failure. The mechanism by which you get more points back
0: it, okay. it feels a little like uh the belonging outside of belonging um a little bit like that mechanic
2: who's been reading a lot of belonging outside belonging games recently that's me <laughs> say, um, yep. yeah who could it be? <laughs> so uh all you need to do is come up with a name pick one of the three warrior clans that we have available to us um and then write in your details and drop in some gear if you want to. Choose some pronouns. Um, there will be genders listed with each of the uh, warrior clans, and they are going to be very much sleepaway style genders, like a rusted sword. The, the battle cry of a, of a dying warrior, right? Mm-hmm. like Those are going to be the the genders for this game cool Mm -hmm. uh so amelia since you went first if you'll take the leftmost uh box there ryan if you'll take the middlemost, and i'll take the one on the right side all right uh and i will i'll let you two choose your clans first since we only have three to choose from we have wolf snake and bone bonded as of today because the others Mm -hmm. are not written yet
1: okay can you tell us a little bit about the wolf and the snake? I know what the both yes. bonded
2: are, but I don't remember yeah. the other ones. So, um, wolves, their archetype is group cohesion and recruitment. Wolves are the glue that holds their group of friends together. More than a few have the ancient phrase, the pack is all, held in a place of honor in their home or tattooed on their body. Their abilities involve teamwork, setting up their allies for success, and tending to those they care about. They aren't the face of any given group. That honor is reserved for sparrows. But they do have a tendency to bring the most recruits in for the fight against the gods. And then snakes. Uh, Stealth and covert operations is their overarching uh, theme. Get in, secure the asset, and get out. Unsuspected and undetected. This is the way of the snake. You might use social networking in disguise to work your way into a corporate office. You might don tactical gear and use slicing tools to break into a secured facility after hours to find what you need. No matter what your approach, you are solid, dependable, and unseen by those who who you don't wish to see you. If the job requires stealth, that's your world. Woe betide anyone who disturbs your nest.
1: All right. Ryan, I remember you did Bone
2: Bonded last time. I did do Bone Bonded last time. I do remember that. And I'm going to read the Bone Bonded just because we're on an audio medium here. Yes, go for it. The gods didn't just take the bodies and bones of the giants for their networks. They also took the giants' spirits and harnessed them. Vast chained intelligences, the giants are the backbone of the network in all the ways that matter. But not all of them stay chained. Humanity, in its effort to overthrow the gods, has found a way to ally with the rogue giants in the system. These bone-bonded are walking live connections to the network. The giant navigates the human host as easily as the human navigates the network. The symbiotic relationship is a strange and powerful dynamic. In addition to your character details, you also decide the details to the giant to which you are bonded. You need to choose the giant's name and define three details about them. So, uh, there's a paragraph there that is not ac- accurate for uh, the current build of the game, so I just deleted it. All right, All right. There you go. <laughs> Revisions. So, those are the three that are available to us.
1: Okay. Um, I feel like it doesn't make sense for me to be a bone bonded, even though I... L- like it because otherwise, I feel like I'd be able to read that note.
2: That's very that fair. Got. So that, that doesn't really sense. make any
1: sense. In which mm. case, I would like to be a snack.
0: Uh yep. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan, <laughs> sorry. Like okay, this one, this one screams Amelia. That's fine. Mm-hmm.
1: That's okay. Um, I mean, Wolf is like all about having the friends. So.
0: Well, I know, it, and now I'm now I'm torn because Wolf uh, is uh, very me, mm-hmm. uh, but Bombarded is so metal. Uh-huh. I
2: know. Uh, well, in this it case, it's so vaporwave, but yeah.
0: Right. <laughs> um. Goodness gracious. Uh, you know what? I'll 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 switch it up. Uh, we'll we'll take the wolf.
2: Um. And just right, be and,
1: yourself, you know.
0: Yeah,
2: and I will be the beat, that drops of the dubstep hits we're listening to. All right. Nice. All right. So, clan is name. <sighs> Names hardest part.
0: <laughs> Tracy's just like hardest part. Type, type, type.
2: I've got a name already. All right, done. That's because I, <laughs> I, I eat names for breakfast.
0: Oh, okay. So that's that's what we're missing.
2: Yeah, names yeah, for breakfast. A, uh, <laughs> I think Aww. I'm going to
0: save it uh, for for later because I need to figure out um, the rest of the details before I can.
1: Before we can uh, know what a good name is.
0: Yeah, I think so. Okay, so uh, we've got the uh, we've got the clan. Uh, Now, how do we do the rest of it?
2: Uh, You simply write the details. Um, So you you write three aspect like things that define who your character is. You know, anything that you want to to let the be present in the world about them. Right. So, uh, for example, I, I wrote mine really quickly because mine are already already done because it's my game. I know how to do that. So I chose for my excellent detail, the network knows me. Uh, And that basically means any, any interaction that I have with computer stuff, I'm going to bring 10 dice to the table for that. Mm. Um, But then that also cuts both ways, right? Because I might be a known quantity online and that could cause problems. Um, For seven, uh, the good detail I wrote hope springs eternal uh, just because I, I like that about, who I want this character to be. And so when I would be, uh, say in a situation where I need to convince someone of a plan that may not go so great, I'm always hopeful. I always believe it's going to happen. And so I would use those dice. And then my fair tale is wait, who me. And that represents me trying to sort of worm my way out of sticky situations where I've sort of been ID'd, uh, but I'm not great at it. You know, I only get five dice to be able to do that. Uh, so that's, that's that. I just made, made the details and I can see you all are typing as well. All oh, right, uh, some, good Ryan, some good details coming down. Some good details coming down. No, those were
1: excellent. <laughs> now we're on good.
2: Okay. We're on good. <laughs> I almost said, I almost said fair. And then I realized that we'd be in a who's on first, third base situation. And right. I just stopped.
0: <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. All right. So I need a good detail and a fair detail.
1: I'm like writing all of this down and I've been playing so much overwatch lately that I'm like, I'm just going to make Sombra.
2: <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Sombra's a great character for this set. love Sombra. So you're just going to put down for, for fair. Everything can be hacked in everyone. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs>
0: I'm it thinking about
2: it. Just, just put, her, do it. You just, know just put her barks. It's fine. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. Just trying to think of more uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger quotes. it's not a tumor
1: (laughs) get to the chopper
0: get to the chopper um okay
2: what is a good (laughs) nice
1: (laughs) I want to give myself like really weird gear but Mm -hmm. like then I'm like you would never use that in a game but then also I'm like you're not playing this game so it probably doesn't matter I can give myself whatever I want
2: also, it's a cyberpunk game. Gear can be, like, really esoteric and weird.
1: That's true.
0: Okay. Yeah, I mean, I got to go with it.
1: Good. Were you, were you just we looking go. up Fantastic. shorts and air quotes?
0: It was. <laughs> um, I was. I was trying to find ones that, that fit the the wolf clan uh, well enough. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, awesome. So, so for my excellent detail, I went with, come with me if you want to live. Uh, and then my good detail, if it bleeds, we can kill it. And, uh, the fair detail, I'll be back. Um, so I'm thinking, uh, like the, the first one is like trying to rally people or whatever, I'm assuming we can interpret it throughout the game. Mm-hmm. Um, to, to come with me to convince people, basically, um, the second one, it would be for, uh, you know, trying to, to pep talk people into going up against the odds. Mm-hmm. And then the last one is, uh, you know, I'm I'm always going to have your back of it effectively.
1: Nice. Yeah, I went with from excellent detail. I shared the city's heartbeat, um, which I wanted to be just like being able to like move silently or sort of like in rhythm with all of the other things that are happening. Nice. Um, my good detail, I picked it's a shortcut, uh, which is just knowing my way around everything and how to, um, you know, we talked about the platform sort of moving at random and like knowing that, you know. Um, really, really well. And then my fair detail, I went ahead and picked everything can be hacked.
2: Awesome. Uh, So there are also three slots for gear. Uh, Gear is just something that you name. Um, You get an extra die to your pool if your gear can help you in a situation and if you're in a situation and your gear is going to hinder you then the narrator or if you're playing gmlessly because this game is like so close to being gmless it's not even funny um <laughs> then you'll take a, a a die away from your pool right really simple really straightforward just a narrative little thing i actually pulled that mechanic from school days that's how the the ranks in school days work um so like i pick slicing tools illegal In parentheses, so if someone spots them, right, that's not good for me. Uh, I've got a boot knife, and then I have a bullet that is made from my the ashes of my uh, dead mother, compressed into a ceramic bullet.
0: Wow! Yeah, that's hardcore. (laughs) Yes, it is.
2: (laughs) And then, um, and gear can be filled in in the moment too, right? If we're in a situation, you can just be like, "Oh, right, I've got that thing," and as long as you have Mm -hmm. a gear slot available, sure, you've got that thing. Uh, And then you just need to give yourself some names.
1: -hmm. Yeah, the only gear I came up with so far was a tactical turtleneck because that seemed like a thing I would need.
2: Yeah, Ryan, I think your character's name should be Connor Johnson. Connor Johnson. Yeah, John Connor from Terminator.
0: Oh my goodness, that's very That's very that's very good. (laughs) I'll think on that. I need two more uh, two more gears. Connor Johnson.
1: (laughs) Hmm. You know, we're just gonna do this. Watch this. Take that, internet. I'm going to name my character Olivia Colomar, which is Sombra's actual name. Nice. Which I know because I looked it up on the wiki. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I'm going to just have to think on on gear if it comes to me. But I don't feel like it's, you know.
0: It looks weird.
1: Connor Johnson? Why does it look weird?
2: I don't know. I think it looks great. But yeah, I mean... Like, you're pondering a name and you're thinking about gear, but, like, that's it. The character's done. That's everything.
0: Yeah. All I've got right now for gear is just the biggest sword. Yeah. Nice. I mean, what else do you need?
2: Um, And then the only other mechanical things that you would need to know if you're playing the character is that um, every warrior clan follows what's known as a way and in this game, there is only one set of ways for each clan. But like in season two, there's going to be a new set. In season three, there'll be another set. So you eventually you'll be able to choose different like power sets for your character. And uh, I've got the bone botted up in front of me still here. So this way is the way of the network. And every way gives you three abilities, one ability that's at need. So you can do it anytime you would roll the dice, one ability that you can do once per scene and one ability that you can do once per session. Uh, which is a riff on fourth edition's power structure, right? At need, at mm-hmm. so on and so forth. So, forth. Uh, so f- the bone bonded uh, their at need ability is ancient flex. Whenever you do uh, roll to do something with the network, you take two of your die pool and set them to successes before you roll, and you say how your giant ensured those successes. Uh, once per scene, glitch in the network. You can exploit a network resource of uh, difficulty three or lower. Just do it, right? And then once per session, it's the living network, which is also hmm. some of the bones, right? Because the bone bonded has to be able to to call up a giant mech of bone network stuff.
0: Oh, that's very cool. Yeah.
2: So everyone has that. And so if we were playing and we... I like that mine is called Lights Out.
1: <laughs> I'm so <laughs> excited about this.
2: Yeah. The first ability is okay. called Lights Out, which is a very somber thing. Um mm-hmm. So if we were playing and we ran a scene and you ran into another NPC or another character, we would stop real quick and each of us would just come up with a detail and we decide on a warrior clan and that's it. The character's made; they're ready to go. Mm-hmm. We name them and then suddenly they're in our pool of people that we can play. And that's, so that's cool. the whole thing. And the the last mechanical bit, um, just because I said up top that we're going to cover them all, if you uh, fail a roll or succeed at a cost. You don't take stress or anything like that. Uh, You get glitch dice and glitch dice are D6s of another color that the next time you would take an action, whether you would normally roll for it or not, you have to roll and you have to include your glitch dice. And if glitch dice come up with hits, then narrative things happen to you in accordance with how many hits it is. And it's just consequences that make sense in the moment for the story, because since you're not playing just the one character. It's okay if they die if it makes narrative sense, right? It can be mm-hmm. a dramatic and impactful thing because you're not as a player stuck. You have any literally anyone right. else in the world that you want to play. So, the group decides does this make sense, right? Are the stakes does someone have a a, a knife to your throat or a gun pointed at you when you glitch? Okay, death is probably mm-hmm. on the table because it makes narrative sense. Are you trying mm-hmm. to climb a ladder? you know, and it's tense. Sure. But like, is it fun if your character then falls off the ladder and dies? No, this isn't, this isn't first edition D right? That's not what this is, <laughs> mm-hmm. but might you fall and break a leg? Yeah. And then you have to just remember my leg is broken and you're going to play the game as if your leg is broken and it will be broken mm-hmm. until you get it. Like it's a lot of the impact of this stuff is narratively driven. There is a mechanical layer to it as well. Like, say uh oh, okay well for the rest of this session your at need ability is not going to be available to you right because mm-hmm. uh say you wanted to use lights out as your as your snake amelia right you may have established okay well I have uh I have this tool in my hand that when I squeeze it, it like sends out a little pulse of of energy that whips from light to light to light to light to light. Well you just did something earlier where your right hand got injured. And you've got this thing grafted to your palm. Well, okay. Then mm-hmm. so you have a chance to get that fixed, you can't use lights out, right? It's it. None of this stuff is like oh,
1: like me right now, where I can't do things with required. Things you know, like-
2: I I may have woven a little bit of real life into your character, but um, <laughs> it was actually completely unintentional, and I'm actually it's really funny <laughs> how that happened. But
1: I was just because this morning I was trying to like uh, like put dry shampoo in my hair too, and I can't like push down the thing Aww. on the bottle, and I was
2: like, oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm stuck, uh, But the point is that glitch dice just bring to the table narrative consequences for risky actions that make narrative sense, right? Mm-hmm. Because you're all th- this game is very much in the wheelhouse of playing. This game is telling a story together because we mm-hmm. know the end result. Ragnarok's inevitable. You're going to take down a God. When you say we're taking down Thor. Yes. You're taking down Thor. That will be the end of this mm-hmm. campaign arc. Who? But tell me how exactly. you get there. Who does it? How it happens? What it looks like? What the fallout of it is? Those are all unknowns. Those mm-hmm. are the, the the juicy bits we get to to figure out. But that's mm-hmm. why characters are so straightforward, right? Because you know, if you play with a group of people who like this style of game, you can come up with characters really, really easily. Mm-hmm. And because the mm-hmm. power sets are so straightforward. It's like, oh, we're in Jotunheim, and you're a bear. Great, there are your powers. Oh, wait, this this ox is from uh, uh, Svartofheim, the Dark Elf realm. Oh, their powers are going to be this, right? Which that season mm-hmm. is not written yet, but still, you get the idea. It's it's really flexible. You still can make compelling and deep characters who have like a lot that you feel like you know about them, and you can switch mm-hmm. from person to person to person to person. Is much as you want to or as little as you want to mm-hmm. this feels
1: like it would be a really good game for a west marches campaign um because you can switch characters easily mm. and move people in and out yeah. and you know like there's a lot going on and you're kind of playing in a sort of set mm-hmm. place and um i'd love to see a campaign like that of this game i feel like that would be a lot of fun mm-hmm. there's like a lot of opportunity for something like
2: that yeah here. absolutely um but yeah that's that's it that's the whole th- i mean that is literally the game tip to toe. love it it. nice. this is so cool (laughs) that's so cool
1: i was really like i've been kind of watching on twitter and everything and like you know watching it form (laughs) um but have been very confused i think about like i'm like oh but i really like Iron, but like how like how is it different how does it work you know um mm -hmm. this is like oh this is exciting
2: ironetta right like and 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 that's the thing that i think is so cool about and and you could do this with any number of properties i'm just happy that i've chosen to do it with ironetta but when you define mm-hmm. what what makes a thing what it is mm-hmm. you can then apply those things either in different contexts or you can flip them a little bit and it right. it's still the same thing but mm-hmm. the way you play it out is totally different and mm-hmm. which yeah. is
1: why i'm glad that you decided to do it with your with your own game because i think that you of all people obviously have the strongest sense of what those core Core pieces of the identity yeah. are. Um, I mean, and you know, you've explained them to me several times, but I still don't think that I could like do it as well as you can. Of like, this is what makes it an iron at a game. Now I can play with all of these other pieces. Right. But,
2: but now that um, you've seen it in two different contexts.
1: Right, if you right. had
2: a, a wild hair to be like, oh, I want to make an Iron Ed a game that is set in a perpetually underground civilization that, blah, blah, or whatever, like I th- mm-hmm. firmly believe you could do that, right? Because once you oh, see yeah. Yeah. that reapplication, it it's mm-hmm. it sparks something, right? It it helps you think about what else it could be, yeah. Mm-hmm
1: i'm really excited about this though like this has like some of the like i've i've loved iron edda since i play tested it that one time years ago um (laughs) gosh that was a really long time ago
2: 2017 Um, no wait it would have been been (laughs) 2000 yeah it was 17 anyway yeah
1: 17 Mm -hmm. Hmm. yeah it was my first akata yeah um but um i i I have been craving like a, a good cyberpunk game that isn't Shadowrun. Um and I'm I'm excited good. about this. This is really mm-hmm. cool. This is really Thank you. cool. I'm,
2: I'm I'm really really hype about what we've been able to come up with.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You should be. Absolutely. Um before we go, is there any uh anything else that's uh, really interesting from the Kickstarter that you want to highlight uh that we haven't gone over uh, yet? so
2: I will circle back and I want to re-highlight the podcast and the video actual play because there Mm -hmm. are Mm -hmm. specific reasons that i chose to do these alongside a zine project right Mm -hmm. i think all three of us have backed a lot of kickstarters right especially a lot of kickstarters for other Mm -hmm. games i think each Mm -hmm. of us can say that we have played somewhere between five and 10% of the Kickstarters for games that we have backed. And not because the games weren't finished, but because we didn't play them. (laughs) Right. Which is fine. Uh You can support, I mean, the point of a Kickstarter is to support the project and what the creator does with it. After that is their own own business. And you may or may not be part of its ongoing life or whatever. But Mm -hmm. I think the rise of streamed games the success of things like Critical Role has shown us that there are far more ways to engage with a game than playing the game from the text, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. having the podcast lets you not only listen to the game Sort of passively when you're doing other stuff, right? We're all fans of podcasts. We do them ourselves, right? Um, I've heard, heard of them. those. I've, I've casted a pod of uh, once upon yonder years. Anyway, um, but in this one, you also get to see the entire playtesting process because where we start mm-hmm. was a started was a totally different system. It was a much more complex, convoluted thing. And the moment I mentioned a neighborhood matriarch we make someone that we met because the, the making a character with details thing was established early on. Someone says, I think it might've been Alex or B said, this character is so cool. I want to know what's going on with them. And that led to a conversation about how we could make that kind of thing happen. So you get to, you get to see (laughs) what really goes into, went into making this game. And you also get to experience the narrative from the video side People who do video actual play get paid like absolute garbage. Mm -hmm. Uh, I met with uh, Jess, who's Burst of Hope on Twitter. They do um, Mm. all kinds of stuff with Utopia. They do tons of streaming content. Uh, They were going to produce the series, but it didn't work out. But I still gained a lot of valuable insight from them in that if you pay performers $30 an hour, you're in the top 10% of what people are getting paid to do video actual plays. If you no. paid 40, you're paying close to sag rates for members of the screen actors guild who have like union mandated wow. rates. When I looked at producing a six episode series of two hours an episode, I could raise the money for that. It be, it became like mm-hmm. a non question to me as to whether or not it's something that I should do. It's a little bit different since I'm mm-hmm. producing it myself. Cause I've got to, you know, take the time and be on camera and facilitate the sessions, but that's okay. I think it's worth it to not only mm-hmm. give these performers actual good paying gig work, but to get to work with B and Danny and B's because they're awesome. And right. to have another Avenue that people can absorb this game. Because if this works mm-hmm. out, it's going to be a formula for the later seasons too. So when you see Iron at Reforged season two, Muspelheim, or whatever realm I decide it's going to be, you're not going to look at it and go, oh, it's another game that I can't, you know, I'll, I might back it. i get the PDF. I Maybe I'll read it, right? Because sometimes you don't. Mm-hmm. But there's going to be a podcast and there's going to be a video series.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: You're probably going to find some way into it. And I want this game to be able to hit people on a variety of different axes. And those are the three Mm -hmm. big ones right now. So, um, yeah.
1: I think that there's value in like learning to play games Mm -hmm. that way too. In the last year or so, I've started like really reading RPG books cover to cover um, because I had to. But like prior to doing all of the stuff with the Ennies, I was much more likely to consume rpg content or to learn how to play a game from an actual play podcast and then i would Mm -hmm. sit down at the table with friends and be like okay i understand how this works in practice because i would read it and then be like i don't really totally get what Mm -hmm. the rules are set you know and i know lots of people who like prefer to have streams on because they can throw it on their ipad or something while they're doing dishes Mm -hmm. and you know um so i think the accessibility of it too for people being able to like absorb the game and before they take it to their own table is, is hugely different and important. I agree
2: completely. Mm-hmm. Well, is there anything else
0: that you want to cover before we head out? Uh, Any last words, the,
2: this, Tracy? This is the last, <laughs> year. This is last this year. Is Four it. score and seven years ago, our forefathers brought forth. A po- oh no. Wow. Um,
1: I, know I can do the first paragraph I had to learn it in fifth grade.
2: It's as far as I can get though. Uh, these will be my final words then. <laughs> Uh, this episode is dropping the day the Kickstarter launches on Tuesday, September twenty eighth. So it is running from now until the middle of October. You've got about three weeks to go and back this. Uh, you get the zine at every level. Um, you can get it signed and personalized. There's even an option to get uh, to play a session of this with me if you if you feel like uh, doing mm-hmm. that and you have the disposable income. And everybody gets the podcast and everybody gets the actual play. Uh alongside this the first episode of the podcast drops on the One Shot network also on September 28th. So when you're done listening to this if you want to hear that session 0 where we establish the puppet strings that is in the campaign of the playtest, you can go listen to it. Oh, so good. I'm very excited. I'm very excited. Oh. Same here. I'm always excited when
1: you put stuff out, but now I'm like, oh, I know what this is. Yep. <laughs> I was excited before I knew what it was. But
2: that's- thank you. That's hyper. That's yeah, that for real. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: Well, Tracy, thank you so much for joining us to talk about Iron Ada Reforged.
2: You are welcome. This is a pleasure as always.
0: <laughs> can you remind everybody where they can find you online?
2: You can find me online anywhere at the other Tracy T-R-A-C-Y.
1: Well, thank you so much for doing a special bonus extra episode with us. And thank you to everyone for tuning in. Don't forget to check out the Iron Etta Reforged Kickstarter, which is going on right now. We'll see you next time. Character Creation Cast is hosted by the OneShot Podcast Network. If you enjoyed our show, visit OneShotPodcast.com, where you'll find other great shows, like Neoscum.
0: Neoscum is a narrative comedy podcast featuring five Chicago improvisers antagonizing their way through the role-playing classic Shadowrun. It follows a group of misfits and outsiders, Z, the acerbic cyber troublemaker. Pox, the candy junkie klepto from across the pond. Tech Wizard, the public access actor with a petulant thirst for adventure. And Dak Rambo, the nastiest trucker this side of the Robo Mason Dixon. Join the irascible neoscum crew on a puerile rockin' road trip. Through a weirdo world of tomorrow, doling out street justice to every deb they encounter, whether they deserve it or not.
1: I am recording
0: the waveforms. We have waveforms. Yeah, they are wave there, forms. and they're delicious. Forming the waves. Forming the waves coming from my mouth. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Speaking of pleasure sounding dirty waves <laughs> coming from my mouth doesn't
0: sound all that much better <laughs> someday to we're
1: gonna make like a um like a character creation cast after dark but it's just all gonna be things that ryan says that are unintentionally really filthy <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh you're you're gonna show the dark side of our pure sweet ryan <laughs>
1: the time he says that- here come the fingers
2: <laughs> here come the fingers <laughs> You corrupted him into making an evil character and it's all downhill. Yeah, now. No, it's
0: all downhill. Um, I think yeah, I think I'm good on my noise gate.
1: I'm gonna just make a bunch of dice noises this whole time.
0: That sounds horrible. Because uh, they're in a glass I, jar. Uh, please don't. <laughs> <Maybe> move, <laughs> He's like maybe scratching. He's like, glass. No <laughs> lie. Yeah, just
2: keep your hand in the glass jar and just play with it the this, whole time. This is supposed to be a really fast edit. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: Okay, I can, how about, is this better? It's
0: like, uh, it's like negative ASMR. Mm-hmm. I don't know what happened. Stop shaking. Did you break your mic? <laughs>
2: okay. I don't know what's going on. Nothing. Okay. Nothing. nothing don't happened. worry about it. It's fine. Don't no, worry about it. We are
0: ready to go. Fantastic. I
1: had to figure out which one of these documents is the actual
0: I forgot that I'm uh, recording in a sauna, so I'm going to take off my lawn sleeve shirt. So once I take it off. (laughs) (laughs) Ah. Yes.
2: <laughs> uh, <laughs> I can't go anywhere with you two. <laughs> Especially not your own song. Alan.
1: I'm sorry, Ashley.
0: <laughs> oh, Lord. Well, enjoy that. If you need
2: some, some quality outtake content, we got you. <laughs> we got you.
0: Come for the content. Uh, stay for the outtakes
2: that's right that's
1: why we put them at the end so you have to stay for them
0: I know <laughs>
1: <laughs> I was going to say I always like want to say it but then <laughs> know. you know I'm like I know Ryan will put it in later that's just more he has to cut out but like it's fine can you just <laughs> well, leave Tracy saying it this time <laughs> I
2: like, I'll, I'll <laughs> overlay it now Ryan it. Can, like- put, can put me in with the others oh yeah hey, you're yes. going to get overlaid that's yeah. fine yeah <laughs> nice
0: well, before we move on, let me uh, start the backup recording, Ryan. <laughs> so, whoops! Uh, in case anything catastrophically fails, we only have twenty minutes to make up. Well, probably fifteen, technically.
1: Well, only the good twenty minutes, though.
0: Yeah, I know.
2: So, uh,
1: <laughs> all the part where we were like snapping for Ryan to take a shirt off—it's not in there anymore.
2: Oh know. no! I'm I'm saving all of my audio. Oh, yes. You've got my yeah, snaps. Yeah. I yeah, promise.
0: <laughs> I'm saying if we all lose our audio that would be sad
1: it would be sad um <clears throat> no I gave Jude a what for about that the other day because they lost an episode because Steph's audio went bad and I was like you weren't recording a backup and he's like we forgot to hit record on the backup oh no
0: and I was like oh no it's been a while I was time.
1: like it happens to everybody at some point though I was like now you're a real podcaster
0: <laughs> like, oh, <yeah>.
1: like <laughs> oops anyway See? are these were these here
2: before uh yes Okay, yeah, I forgot. I forgot to clear those out.
1: Okay, I just wasn't sure. I was like, I don't remember putting those, or did like Ryan type in the wrong box? (laughs)
0: Should
1: I stop my recording? Yeah,
0: we can stop our recording. My recording.
1: Design Doc started as a podcast about designing a role-playing game. Over the years, it's turned into so much more. It's a show about the challenges of burnout, making money from creative projects and what goes into bringing a game to life. Come along with Hannah and Evan in a living documentation of the game design process. One review described it as the audio equivalent of taking a hike with a good friend. You can search for Design Doc on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts.